Welcome to the Dear Job Seeker podcast, a podcast designed to invoke honest thoughts and real conversations. We dive deep into the intricacies of women's career empowerment, sharing lessons learned along the way. Join us for authentic insights and candid conversations as we navigate the paths of career growth and development together. Dear Job Seeker, are you struggling to get promoted in your organization but don't know exactly how to gain the visibility that you need? What strategies can you employ to capture the attention of decision makers? How do you gain visibility outside of your current organization? Does a relationship with your peers affect your ability to move up? Today, we're exploring these questions and more with Gemma Lopez, a seasoned recruiter for digital marketing at HireGlow. Gemma brings a wealth of experience and insider knowledge on what it takes to make a lasting impression in the competitive workplace. Be sure to stay tuned until the end of the episode where we give you five tips on what you can do to gain visibility in your career today. Hi, Gemma. Hey, Jill. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited. I am excited, too. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So I'm going to kick it off. Let's go ahead and start by letting the job seekers know a little bit about who you are and your background in career development. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, But yeah, I'm Gemma Lopez. I am a professional recruiter. So I've been doing this for about 13 years, but I've always been in love with personal development, career development. I've studied it a lot in the last 10 years, especially. Um, I think it's so interesting to see how workplaces have changed through the years with technology and the pandemic, but I have attended many conferences, (laughs) certification programs. Um, I've had a really great time working with a lot of different organizations and helping them with their career development and succession planning and talent management. So um, it's just really been something that I've always been interested in. And I've been blessed to be able to kind of cultivate that into something that I can do at work, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, But yeah, currently I work for myself. I run a boutique recruiting firm um, where we specialize in, in just introducing job seekers to really awesome companies in the digital marketing space. So that's a little bit about me. Love it. And so because of your your background and tenure in career development, I felt like you were the perfect person to talk to, especially with you being a recruiter and working with so many job seekers on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. This conversation about visibility in the workplace, and you kind of alluded to it a little earlier with stating like pre-pandemic and then post-pandemic, how, you know, the conversation today is going to center around how employees can be visible in the workplace. And I definitely want to touch on, you know, what it looked like pre-pandemic versus now. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's start by baselining the conversation. What does visibility in the workplace mean to you? It's a really great conversation starter because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions and visibility gets thrown around as kind of a buzzword (laughs) all the time. But basically, Visibility in the workplace really means being recognized for your contributions and being included in your company's major decision-making process. So, you know, being known as someone that is going to step up, be able to be counted on, 
um, maybe be tagged in for different projects and assignments, but being visible in the workplace is really just being recognized for your contributions and being known for what you bring to the table. And so I think that when you talk about being known for what you do, it really leads into the conversation around branding whether it's your professional brand or your personal brand. And in this case, you know, being called on and being someone that is recognized for their accomplishments in a work setting is more along the lines of that professional brand. How can job seekers go about building a professional brand, being known for that person, you know, that that can be called on, starting to let leadership know about their accomplishments? How can they go about building that type of brand? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think that it's gotten, you know, a little bit muddy with what your professional brand is, right? Like your the professional self versus like your personal self, because Mm -hmm. as you would think, like any time, and this is just some insider information from from my experience as a recruiter, any time you're in the job interview process or, or, you know, even when you apply for a position and a recruiter is presenting you to a hiring manager, um, people are going to look you up, right? They're they're going to want to do some research. This is just a day in the age that we're in. So I think that it's important for people to understand that, you know, just because your LinkedIn profile looks really professional, if your Instagram profile is easy to find, <laughs> they're definitely going to take that into consideration as well. So I think that that's something that I didn't have to think about 10 years ago. I don't think anybody did. But today it's very prevalent when, you know, you can Google someone and find all of their stuff. Right. So I think being cognizant of just how you're showing up online in general, not needing to like, you know, really filter yourself, but just being cognizant of if my boss were to see this or if someone were to look at this how would they perceive me and how do I want to be perceived more like it, right? Because I think our brand, it's a fancy word for our reputation and it expands, right? And everything you put online, it kind of lives online forever. Um, So I think that's the first key point I want to make is that a lot of people will not realize that, you know, their email, and I mean, I've had hiring managers um, kind of do this for myself included. And this is kind of how I learned that I'm like, oh, I need to be careful with this um, because they are using the email for my, um, for my profile, right, on LinkedIn or or even my resume, and then they're putting it into Google and finding other social media platforms. So that's just a tidbit. Keep your stuff on private if you don't want it to be seen. But a way that you can intentionally build out your personal brand, especially as a job seeker, wanting to be seen as a thought leader, you know, writing articles, just being active on LinkedIn is a great way to do that. Commenting on people's posts, encouraging other folks. I mean, LinkedIn has changed so much, even in the last few years where people are starting to use it more as a social media platform, where before it was more of like very professional, kind of very buttoned up and people didn't really share many things. Um, So I think definitely sharing yourself, sharing industry news and articles. LinkedIn does a great job of like putting out their industry news. It's easy to share. But I think just putting yourself out there and making it known like, hey, I have an opinion on this subject, or I think that this new AI tool would be really cool. And this is how I can use it in my industry. Um, And just kind of having those conversations that you might have behind closed doors with your friends or other colleagues, just putting some of it out into the world um, to share your knowledge. And I think that that can be a really great way to start building out a professional brand for yourself online. All great advice. I love that, especially really leaning in to LinkedIn. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I let job seekers know all the time about 75% of the jobs, of the recruiters, um, of the types of roles that are posted on LinkedIn are, I believe, like $80,000 and above. And yeah. so LinkedIn is the opportunity for a lot of job seekers to establish themselves as those thought leaders. All great tips. Love, love, love LinkedIn. So talking about LinkedIn, I think that you really laid out with the with the LinkedIn scenario, how people are able to really expand their network online. Um, LinkedIn being one of the many ways. How do you feel like networking? Because I feel like it's such a huge part of career success. How do you feel like networking can be used to expand some of those professional connections, maybe in person? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I also want to add, you are 100% right about LinkedIn. I have recruited like strictly on LinkedIn probably for the past seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, That is my main go-to. That's where the job seekers are. That's where I am. So if you're not on LinkedIn, you need to be on LinkedIn. Um, And I think also LinkedIn is just, it's like it could be used, and this is how I would use it in in the business sense, because I also like I take my own advice and I do this networking um, and I go to events and things like that. And it's easy to use that as your business card, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, connect with me on LinkedIn. You know, nobody wants to carry around business cards anymore. No one wants to swap around their phones and, and put in contacts. It's very much easier to just say, hey, connect with me on LinkedIn. So um, with that, you know, you really have to make sure that your LinkedIn profile is completely done. It's optimized, meaning, you know, just it's not bare bones. I've seen LinkedIn profiles with no pictures. We all think that's suspicious. <laughs> so like, put a picture on there. Right. Um, you know, kind of think of it as a dating profile, like complete it, make it look good because it's better to have it done to completion than not. I feel like if you're not going to put in the time and effort to um just at least build it out. You don't have to put like your entire resume on it, but some jobs, you know, some skills, um, little summary about yourself in a picture, like you might as well not have it because it is a bad, like it's a red flag for recruiters. Um, but that is the one thing I'll say about LinkedIn. And then as far as um, job seekers, LinkedIn also is a good way to find out like what types of networking events are in your area. I also use um, Eventbrite as well mm-hmm. and, you know, even Meetup, honestly. But I think that the biggest thing is just finding out what's coming on in your area, like what types of network events, what types of professional development events are, are coming around. Because you know that if you go to a professional development conference, um, and this can be anything on like, you know, leadership, on motivation, on productivity, like, you know, that like-minded people will be in the room. And a lot of the folks that go to these events are actually entrepreneurs that have their own businesses um, or, you know, leaders in in different organizations. So it's a really great way to connect with people that are like-minded, that are working towards, you know, their own career aspirations. And then you can network with these folks because you know that they most likely will have good connections and and a good network. And you kind of do this, um, this dance where it's like, hey, these are my friends. Let me connect you with someone that you might know and, right. and that type of thing. But I'd say attending those events, you know, going in with an open mind, um, being a connector, thinking of, of ways that you can add value to relationships. I think the biggest thing about networking that I'll say is it's, it's always really annoying when someone comes to you and they're like, hey, how can you help me? 
And, you know, it's it's off putting. Right. But people don't think about it in that way because they are like, well, I don't know what I can I can bring to the table. There's a lot of things people can bring to the table. I think even just asking questions, if you are afraid of, you know, oh, what can I what can I add value to this person? Like, how can I help this person? I'd rather not network at all. I mean, I'd rather have someone come to me and be like, oh, my God, tell me about your job. Tell me about your background. Like, I'm so interested and coming from a place of genuine curiosity. And then maybe, you know, if if you hear someone like, what are you working on is a really great question to ask of like, you know, what challenges are you facing? What are your goals for 2024? And then if you know someone that may be able to help or someone that's kind of been in that space, that's a really easy way to say, well, I actually know someone that does graphic design or, or that has a really good social media presence or runs a podcast that you might you know, want to be connected with. And that's a really great way to kind of expand your connections, add value, and just put yourself out there. I love that. And I do think that meeting with people who are in aligned industries, doing informational interviews, you know, and asking for those connections, which that is a whole nother um, podcast topic. But I love when you said connecting people, being that connector. Um, And when you are a connector, a lot of times, even if you're not someone who is an expert in your industry, the the thing that you said is ask questions. And that is what I was like, informational interviews, like don't be afraid to ask people like, what is a day in the life like? What are some of the things, you know, the challenges that you experience? Love, 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 all great tips. Okay. So I know that we talk about, you know, gaining visibility just generally in the workplace and making sure that your accomplishments are known. But are there any specific tips? I know that, you know, everybody wants to get in front of leadership. Everyone wants to get leadership's eyes on them, whether it's that they want a promotion, whether, you know, they want um, a monetary salary increase, whatever it is, you know, a lot of times people strive to make sure that their leaders and their management know the work that they're putting in. What are some ways that job seekers can make sure that they're being visible to higher ups? Yeah, that's a really great question. And something that I also kind of struggled with before I started practicing. So it's like everything takes a little bit of practice. But I think really leveraging your strengths and knowing where your strong suit is, right? Like for me, for example, I can be in reports and, you know, I can be like detail oriented, but that's not my zone of genius. (laughs) So, you know, I wouldn't want to volunteer for things that it's like, okay, we need you to do all of this reporting and crunch all these numbers. Like that's not going to be my jam. So I wouldn't put myself in that position. It took me a long time to realize that. So I think the first thing is find out what your strengths are. What do you like to do? What are you good at? Like what do people come to you for, especially at work? And then um, leverage that, right? You know, volunteer for different projects. Um, find different problems, especially when you're starting a new job. Everyone has had that experience where you start a new job and you're obviously comparing it to your previous job or, you know, a different job or, or whatever. Like you're always coming in with, oh, this is very, very disorganized or, you know, it's usually never something positive that I've hear, I've heard from people that I've recruited. It's always like, oh my God, like I can't believe they're doing this or, you know, this type of thing. So instead of harping on those, find out ways that you can make it better. Maybe at a previous job, you know, um, there was a way to automate something that's really tedious that you have to do at this new job. 
bring that solution over. <laughs> I think it's really easy to like remember what you've done before and how you've done it and just be very aware of, okay, when I was in this problem situation before, how did I solve it? Or with the readings that I've done or the people that I've met, like talk to people about certain things and kind of find solutions for it. I think that's the best way because sometimes um, these these projects, right? These projects and these initiatives that like leadership kind of throws in, a lot of the times they already know who they're going to put in those spaces, right? And that's the, the point of being visible. But those aren't the only projects. And I think I had to figure out like, oh, I can create my own projects. I can create my own little initiatives over here. Um, and, you know, it might be something where you think like, oh, I'm doing all this work. But honestly, from a managerial standpoint, what I've heard and what I've seen is everyone notices you know, even if you don't think that you're visible, even if you feel like you're a number, a cog in the machine, your manager knows like of you, right? And their manager knows of you. <laughs> like in these leadership meetings, like they're talking about you. But what they will often, what you want them to say is like, oh my gosh, this person completely automated this tedious situation that we had going on with data entry. Or this person finally fixed this, or there's this product that we're testing that's way better than what we had before. And those are just easy, quick wins of how you can like show your expertise and add value. Um, anything that's like improving productivity, cost cutting measures, anything that you see that like, oh, it can be done better. I think those are really great ways to get noticed by higher ups because you're showing that like you don't need to just raise your hand and be put on a project. You're taking initiative. And that's fair. And I believe that a lot of times I struggle with this sometimes when you are wanting to showcase your skills and accomplishments. A lot of times me, you know, my, my personality, I'll, I'll say, well, I know that I can do this better. I know that my work is going to speak for itself. What is a way that job seekers can really focus on maybe showcasing their work without appearing boastful or self-centered? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question. And one thing that I learned when I myself got into leadership, because I felt the same way, Jill, <laughs> I was like, well, I'm doing good work. I'm, you know, my head's down. My numbers are good. Like I'm hitting whatever targets I need. Your manager only knows what you tell them, right? Like they, a lot of the times, especially in a remote situation. And I know we, we kind of, um, have alluded to this, but it's, it's, that is the biggest thing I think that has changed from pre pandemic to where we are now, right? Is that a lot of people are working hybrid. A lot of people are working remotely. Um, I had that transition when I worked remote of like, um, how do I continue to move up in my career when I'm just sitting here at home and every single meeting seems to be very like, okay, we're talking about this, this, and this, and there's really no time for relationship building or chit chat. Mm -hmm. But what I realized in that moment is if I don't tell my manager, if I don't bring it up, then they don't know what I'm working on, right? Because they don't see everything that you're doing. So I think just reframing that thought of like, well, my work will speak for itself. It will to an extent, but if you're going above and beyond, no one's going to know that you're going above and beyond, right? A lot of the times, like they have their own plate, they have their own work that they're doing. They're also trying to get more visibility at their level too. <laughs> so I think the best thing that you could do for yourself is really just advocate for yourself and um, just really keep keep track of things that you're doing. I think that that is one of the ways that I really made my life easy is either have 
a folder on your desktop, have a notebook like, you know, OneNote or Evernote or something, or even a Google Drive. And really just as you're working on things through the year, write them down so that you can remember later (laughs) of all the contributions. And also so you can look back as kind of a brag book of like, wow, these are all the things that I did this year. Like, I'm awesome. And then you take that into your conversations with your manager. You take that into meetings. And I think a way that you can really showcase your skills without appearing boastful or self-centered, it's it's all in the way that you do it. Um, You know, I think that weaving it into a conversation or even um, I've had lots of meetings where everyone's like, let's start with the highs and lows of the week. <laughs> Have you ever had that before? Where it's like, <laughs> I feel like I've been that leader. I feel like I'm that leader where I'm like, guys, okay, let's start with what we really felt went well this week. I'm that leader. Cause I, I feel like if you don't start a meeting with understanding what people felt like went really well and then really sour, we end up getting into like maybe a conversation on like maybe a new objective that we're working towards. And then you hear like all of these conversations of like how they were really irritated or they didn't really understand this piece. So it's like, okay, no, let's go back to like the previous conversation so that we can move forward. But no, I, yes, I have definitely heard of those conversations. Didn't know if it was just an HR thing. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me know. Because I'm like, I didn't think everyone does this. But that is a great way for you to start. Like, what's the high of the week? I completed this. I actually did this. I helped Sally with this. I think it's a great way to just weave it into the conversation of like, you know, when when someone asks you, like, what went well for you this week? Or, you know, how are you doing? Instead of just answering with, a, oh, I'm good, or it's cool, or, you know, ready for the weekend, <laughs> as we all tend to do, I right. think just thinking about those opportunities of sharing what you're doing, like, oh, I'm working on this project, and I'm super excited about it, um, because that will show, wow, this person is really engaged, they really like their job, you know, because everyone is saying, like you were saying, like, they're all complaining, everyone's always like, oh, this isn't working, oh, we're tired, like, Everyone is checked out at this time of year, but you don't have to tell people you're checked out. You can just, you know, show up and and really continue to share what's working well for you. And then I think another way to do it as well as weaving it into conversations is always um, if you feel uncomfortable doing that, give people praise. You know, if someone helped you um, or you asked a bunch of questions to someone, you know, give me recognition like, oh, my God, I had a great week, Sally helped me so much. Thank you so much. I just want to give her a shout out in this meeting. I think that always will um, kind of take away some of that ickiness and that self-centeredness because you're giving praise to other people that, you know, they deserve it, right? Like they helped you. And then you kind of start creating this culture of recognition and giving people shout outs and, and rewarding good work. So I think that's a way that we can also kind of turn the culture into more recognition because if people are hearing you give them shout outs and you're making them feel good in meetings and that can be something that they start doing and then next thing you know it's like half of the meeting everyone's just giving each other praise and that's what you want you want people to know this is what I've been working on this is who I'm working with this is the stuff I like to do uh because that's what they're like that's what the leaders are going to hear and then when your manager is in a meeting with their managers, right? And they're like, oh, we have this project coming up. Well, you know, Jill's actually taken a lot of um, interest into this type of thing. That's kind of how you start getting like tapped for things is by like showing people what you like and what you don't like. Because honestly, it's funny. 
Um, and this, again, can be another podcast episode with like the biases and like assumptions that people make. But I right. think that that's one thing to think about if you're not speaking up and you're not sharing what you like to do or don't like to do or what you're good at. Assumptions are going to be made for you of, well, she hasn't really ever raised her hand for that. She does. She's always complaining about this system. I don't think that that's going to be something that she's going to want to do. And I learned that the hard way. <laughs> so my advice is always just share, share what you like to do. You know, talk to people, be be excited about what you're excited about. Um, and eventually, like, it'll be so natural where you won't even think about being self-centered or boastful. And that is great advice. And I can agree. And I align with all of it. You know, starting off very early in my career, I felt the need to be very boastful. And I and I naturally, you know, felt like leadership recognized me, but I, I would want everyone to know. Like, <laughs> And I think that that also we talk about how you look to higher ups, but I think that what people don't take into account is how you look to your peers. Yeah. And when you're really looking to gain visibility and move up in your career, how your peers view you um, is very important. It's crucial. It can be the determining factor between you moving into leadership because the team trusts you to make unbiased decisions and leadership, you know, passing you up for those opportunities. So um, definitely think that that was sound advice and great advice about really being cognizant about how you come across. Mm -hmm. Now, to that point, I believe that there are several people, especially high earning women who are intelligent. They're highly intelligent and they're very self-aware. Um, I believe when you get to a certain level in your career, you're consistently doing that self-inventory and I believe that you can get so far, right? When you don't have a mentor or you don't have someone who can sponsor you in that growth for professional development, I believe that we can only take ourselves so far. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that individuals who are looking to enlarge themselves, enhance themselves, become more visible, not only in the workspace, but becoming even a thought leader in their industry. Because I think that that's the the bigger conversation of what this podcast is about. Um, this specific episode, it's not only about the visibility that you're looking to gain in the workplace, but the visibility that you're looking to establish as a thought leader in your industry. Um, and mentorship is huge in that. And so what is some advice you think that job seekers can go about when seeking mentors and sponsors? Yeah, that's a really great question. And, um, you know, I think one thing I want to say is that your mentor does, it doesn't have to be someone that you work with and it doesn't have to be someone that is like, you know, a CEO, right? It, it could literally be, and you can have multiple mentors, I will say, right? So, for me, when I was kind of in in this in the same boat of the job seekers, where I'm like, oh, how do I move up? I'm not being chosen for promotions. I don't know what to do. Um, I had kind of built out a little advisory board of peers, of friends, of old coworkers. So I think that's always good to have just people at your level so you can compare notes and just kind of go through like your work life with them, right? Of like, hey, what do you think about this? Or how do I handle this conversation? I think that we have, as a society, stigmatized talking about like money and, you know, just work is the secretive thing. But honestly, in my experience, once I opened up and I was 
just really like, okay, how can I do things better? How can I grow? Because like you said, you can only grow with yourself for so long. Um, I think that's when I really started to really kind of see a lot of opportunity for myself. And it it started with just even starting with peers, people that I could talk to, like-minded individuals that were in the same job. And and we weren't competing with one another. And I think that's another thing, like you mentioned as women, it, it doesn't have to always be a competition. And I think, you know, maybe even seeking friends and and your advisory board outside of your workplace will eliminate a lot of that competition, right? And a lot of that and really setting the boundaries and setting the intentions for the relationship first and foremost. Now, finding a mentor, um, I think mentors can can really be anyone that you would like to emulate skills from or learn from. So it could be maybe, you know, you are a you're a manager right now, but you strive to be you know, in in the C-suite one day. So your um, mentor could be a director. It could be someone that's like one step above you. It could be a VP. But I think the biggest things to look for with mentorship is, um, you know, those informational interviews, like you mentioned, reaching out to people. Like if you are finding yourself drawn to someone, especially articles, podcasts, like you're like, oh, I really love what this person is saying. I love the way that they explain this topic. They seem amazing. You know, you kind of look up to them, like reach out to them and let them know <laughs> like that can be the start of a mentorship relationship. And I think that another thing that I have found because I've had many mentors and I've been a mentor is that the relationship really it falls on the weight of the mentee. So think about what you really want out of that reach. Please preach. <laughs> I think that this is so it's such a miss. It's, it's such a missed concept. I think that a lot of people, I did not mean to interrupt you. No, you're fine. They get mentors and they expect the mentors to reach out, to carry the relationship mm-hmm. in the in the back of the relationship, to be on the mentor, almost being honored that you want them to be your mentor. Right, right. But and then I think the thing is like being in that in that space, right? Being the mentor, I'm like, what do you need? I, I need you to tell me what, what can I help you with? Right. So I think, that's the biggest thing I want to to emphasize there is people aren't mind readers, right? So you have to be intentional and you have to communicate what you want and what you need. And um, and that's like with your mentor, with your manager, just at work in general, people make assumptions on like, well, oh, I don't get a chance. Like, I guarantee you that, you know, people that have come to me and complained about work or about things or they talk about how they've hit a ceiling it's like, unless you're the CEO, did you really hit the ceiling? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair point. Right. Like, is there really no growth for you? Or do you just not see it? And I mean, it's valid, right? But I think at, I've asked people that question and they haven't even made known that they want to move up or they've just really been sitting by themselves frustrated without, you know, taking action outside of themselves. So I think that's a big thing. But yes, for mentorship, it's easy to find a mentor. I think um, the biggest thing is to just be intentional with what you want and just let it flow. You know, I think that a lot of the times people think they need to have one mentor. I have several mentors. I have several people that I go to for different things. I mean, and this can be in any aspect of your life. Like I have people with older children that I'm like, hey, how did you deal with this? What can I do? Right. And I mean, even with like work, if you have, I am not a very, like, like I said, I'm not a very data 
data-driven uh, person. Like, I don't like being in the spreadsheets, but I have to do that as part of my job. So I'll reach out to somebody that might be mentoring me and teaching me certain things. So I think it's just kind of taking the the seriousness of that word and just being like, like it can be casual. It can be more of a fun, like friendly relationship, but it really starts with your expectations. Now, sponsorship is something I want to touch on because you can't really find a sponsor. So the difference between a mentor and a sponsor is, um, you know, a mentor is someone that's going to be guiding you. You know, you might ask them for advice on how to handle certain situations, how to have difficult conversations, um, you know, what types of skills or, or things that you need to work on. So that's what I would consider something that you work with your mentor on. A sponsor is someone that you don't know who it is. And, um, they're in a room that you are not in and they are recommending you for projects, promotions. They're speaking highly of you. And the way that you find, quote unquote, find a sponsor or at least have sponsors is by being visible in the workplace. So it kind of comes full circle. I love that. And thank you so much for making sure that we highlighted the distinction um, because sponsors do play a huge role in helping you navigate your career, helping you navigate whatever career path that you're on. They can it's almost like they can tap you to really go on that leadership development track. I've seen that happen quite a few times. Yeah. And I can, if I can share a quick story. Yes, please, please. <laughs> about this, because when I say that you don't know who your sponsors are, believe like you don't know. So I had, uh, because I'm a recruiter, so my job is typically to work with hiring managers. And the hiring manager can be, you know, it could be a director level, it could be a VP level, it could be the CEO, right? So I work with a lot of leaders and there was this one particular um, person that I, I just knew that he didn't, he didn't like me. <laughs> I didn't think he liked me. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you know who you kind of connect with and you're like, okay, he would just, I, I just feel like we would be in meetings and it's like a standstill. And I'm like, oh my God, like this guy does not like me. Well, funny enough, um, I think probably like six months into our working relationship, I find out that he wrote a letter of recommendation for me to win a DEI award. Like he had to write an essay and he nominated me, him and one other person on our leadership team. And I was like, oh my God, I did not think this guy liked me at all. Well, <laughs> I know. never know who your sponsors are. And I just want to share that because for me, it's always like, you think you know who your allies are. You think you know, oh, I know this manager in this department or you know what I mean? And you think that person's going to be your sponsor and stand up for you. You just never know who it's going to be. So I just wanted to share that because when that happened to me, I printed it out. I didn't win the award, but he nominated me and I was like, oh, my goodness. No, and that's something to celebrate for sure, especially when you have like a stakeholder, even on the leadership team that can still be considered a stakeholder. You guys both have similar interests. You know, and you're like, I don't know if he's super resistant to me, but I'm going to still keep I'm still going to keep him informed. I'm still going to keep the communication with him open. I'm still going to show up and be professional and be visible in my role, you know, and I and I think that that is a testament to how, you know, dealing with kind of workplace conflicts. I'm sure in the midst of him maybe doing that, you felt rubbed the wrong way a lot. Oh, times. yeah. I felt challenged. I felt rubbed the wrong way. I felt. Um, I did a hundred percent. Like it, it was a very, but it's funny because looking back at it, I mean, 
I was very respectful. You know, it was the whole thing. But there's just some people that you're like, oh, I just I would not want him to be my manager type relationship. Right. And to find out that he is the one person that nominated me for an award, like I don't get nominated for a lot of awards. So I was like, oh, my God, like, thank you. It really changed my perception, though, on this whole sponsorship thing, because it's like you just never know. I was more focused on me and how I show up to work and what my goals are rather than getting caught in the midst of like my feelings and, you know, how we can navigate situations like you were saying with like difficult colleagues or conversations. So that's what kind of that was my North Star. But it was really interesting to see like, oh, anyone can be your sponsor. You don't know who is talking about you behind closed doors. No, and that's fair. And so I know I'm I'm very outspoken. I'm an advocate for myself and I have been an advocate for myself throughout my entire career. It has been what has helped me move into, you know, my consultancy work, my leadership work. It's, it's helped me to, you know, stand out and kind of stand on the ground that I'm standing on now. Um, but I know that a lot of professionals are not as outspoken as me. There are so many of my colleagues that are introverts. And I think that sometimes introverts are overlooked um, in the workplace and they may find it challenging sometimes to promote themselves. Um, and so do you have any advice that you feel like professionals who are introverts naturally can do to maybe advocate for themselves if they're not as outspoken as some of our extrovert friends? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think that it honestly, even for I love that you have had that confidence, because for me, it took me so long. It took me so long because I was so worried about how I was going to be perceived and like if people would like me and all of those people pleasing tendencies mm-hmm. um, that we have circling on our head. So it took me a long time, even though I am extroverted. And um, for introverts, I think they it's probably even worse for them. I'm not I'm not an introvert, so I can't speak for it. But like, I can imagine it being really difficult because if I if I had difficulty with it, I'm sure they're probably like dying, like, oh, I have to talk to someone. Um, But I think ways one on one relationships, I think, is huge. So if you're an introvert and you don't want to speak up in a meeting and you're just not there yet, I would say continue to try and grow that skill because if you want to be a thought leader, if you want to be a leader, if you want to just have a really high level career, you're going to have to speak up. So finding ways that you can practice. Um, and I mean, there's so many different organizations. And now that we have so many amazing things on Zoom, like I attend like networking events on Zoom, there's speaking engagements and summits and stuff that are on Zoom which is really awesome because it's accessible to everyone. I would recommend just getting your feet wet, testing it out, (laughs) like just practicing, right? Showing up. I mean, even starting by sending people like voice texts and getting used to just speaking out loud (laughs) might help. But I think another thing um, for introverts in the workplace is start building relationships, you know, and it doesn't have to just be with your manager. It can be just with anyone, you know, get to know your manager's manager. If your company doesn't have skip level, um, like one-on-ones and what a skip level one-on-one is, is like if your manager is um, the title manager and their manager is director, like have a one-on-one with their manager, that director, that's a skip level. So you skip a level. I think that when I started doing that, that was really helpful because I could get a bigger picture of what the department's goals are, what they're talking about, right? What initiatives they are, pick their brain. 
And then you can start to kind of get to know that person and showcase what you enjoy and, you know, bringing solutions and, and really kind of telling that, you know, your manager's manager, like, hey, I don't know if, you know, my manager told you this, but this is something I'm interested in. This is what I'm working on. This is, you know, what I really want to um, put time into. Like, I want your feedback. Like, people love to give feedback. So anytime you can ask for feedback um, and, and you know, just, hey, what is your opinion on this? Um, over communicating as well, I think, is really helpful to increase your visibility because the more that you rely on the leaders around you, um, the more helpful they feel. You're stroking their ego, right? At the same time, also including them in what you're working on. And I think that's something that can be done really easily, even through email, right? <laughs> like you don't really necessarily have to set up a one-on-one, but you can just have, hey, I'm writing this email out. I'm drafting this. Like, can you take a look at this? Or, hey, can you double check this report? Just so that they can see what you're working on. And then you're asking them for their insight so that you're like, hey, I, I really want to collaborate. You know, you're showing that you're collaborative. You're showing that you take initiative by reaching out to them. You're showing, um, you know, that you're working on things. So I think those are some ways that introverts can kind of start to be more visible and more like quieter ways. We've had nonstop conversation about gaining visibility. And Gemma, you have dropped gems. And I definitely want to ask if you have any final thoughts. Yeah, thank you so much. This is such a great conversation. And I guess, you know, my final thought would be don't feel like you have to do this all at once and you have to do it all the time. I think even implementing a couple of the nuggets that we dropped and setting goals for yourself for like the next year, we're about to hit a new year. Think about your goals. What do you want to be doing in at the end of 2024? Like this time next year, what like would make you feel whole? Do you want to attend a couple of networking events? Do you want to find a mentor and work towards that? But don't feel like you have to do all of it all the time and all of it right away. Um, because I think that that can be scary and daunting. It's more about consistency and building these practices into your life rather than just doing it all one time and burning yourself out or freaking out about it and, you know, just like letting it go. So that's the one final piece of advice I would give is just take what you can do a little bit here, do a little bit there, um, be intentional with it and just know that it's uncomfortable for everyone in the beginning. If you've never done this before, it is going to be uncomfortable, but you will survive. And I completely agree. All right. And I'm sure the job seekers are going to want to find you. Can you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, I will, I'll have you, Jill, drop my profile in the show notes. Um, and then my staffing agency, if you are in the digital marketing realm or you're just interested in finding out more about what we do, um, my company is called Higher Glow. Can you let the people know how to spell that? Sure. It's Higher Glow, H-I-R-E-G-L-O. And you can see us at HigherGlow.com. That is perfect. All right, Gemma, say bye to the people. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And there you have it. That concludes another insightful episode of Dear Job Seekers. A heartfelt thank you to Gemma Lopez for sharing her expertise on gaining visibility in the workplace. We trust that you are now equipped with invaluable insights to elevate your professional presence. Before we part ways, let's be sure to recap some of the things that we talked about. 
regarding how you can gain visibility in the workplace. Number one, be sure that you cultivate a brand that not only reflect, reflects your personal branding, but also your professional branding. Be sure that you are authentic to you. Authenticity is your secret weapon. Number two, be sure to proudly showcase your achievements. Your accomplishments deserve recognition. So don't be shy about highlighting them. Make sure that you're using LinkedIn and other online platforms and different data repositories to showcase and house your achievements. Also, be sure that you are taking time throughout the year to notate the achievements that you've accomplished. I'd say be sure to maybe do a quarterly dump of everything that you've accomplished and make sure that when you have your mid-year or end-of-year performance review that you have your accomplishments ready that you can talk through and also include in your performance evaluation. Tip number three, be sure that you leverage social media platforms to craft a professional online presence. A lot of people overlook Twitter, but Twitter is also a short form, or I apologize, X, is <laughs> now a short form platform that you can use to spread your expertise or knowledge in a certain arena or area. Also, don't overlook LinkedIn. You know LinkedIn is the place to be. That is my number one platform for professionals. And if you're not on it, I suggest you join. Tip number four, be sure that you're actively seeking opportunities that contribute to projects within your organization. Sometimes you have to make it known that you're interested in taking on more work. This does not mean take on free work, but it does mean take on projects that are gonna be unique to you. And that will also be unique in showcasing your abilities to your higher ups or senior leadership. And number five, make sure that you stay informed and up to date on industry trends. Follow industry newsletters, make sure that you're following Forbes. I know that Forbes has really great articles, niche articles. Medium is another really great place where experts and thought leaders put their thoughts, put their accomplishments, make sure that they're putting out their their take on what's happening in their industry. And it's also a great place for you to jump in and feel a part of not only your work culture in the organization, but also your work culture and peers online. And there you have it, dear job seekers, five actionable tips to help you stand out and thrive in your career. I hope that you found this episode valuable. And until next time, your favorite corporate homegirl, Joe.